What's the one thing that you don't want to see your child unwrapping at Christmas time? What's the one thing you don't want to see your child unwrapping at Christmas time? Video games? Viking stuff? That's a new one. <laughs> the door is right back there. A drum set. Right? Who wants to see a drum set unwrapped on Christmas Day? Did you see that drum set unwrapped? The only thing that comes to mind is what? Chaotic noise. Unrhythmic noise. Well, I've had to have that experience of the child unwrapped the drum set. At the same time as unwrapping the drum set, unwrapping a piano to go along with it, one that you stand and stomp on. I guess I should have seen this coming. I should have thought about this when I was an uncle and giving gifts to nieces and nephews. I should have taken into consideration that at some point I was probably going to be asking them to give gifts. Well, retaliation comes in all sorts of form. That type of retaliation is cute and is fun. Sadly, though, most of the retaliation that takes place in our lives on a daily and a weekly basis isn't cute or isn't fun. It's actually harmful. And not only is it harmful, but it's an igniter to a vicious cycle of continuing to retaliate against one another. Retaliation is something that's far too common in our lives, of basically doing back to someone what they have done to us. It's a dangerous cycle that we can fall into. This morning, we encounter words of Jesus that are extremely difficult. We encounter words of Jesus that lay out this pathway that most don't want to travel down. And so we begin to find all sorts of ways to not travel down that path. We come to this teaching of Jesus, and it's pretty easy to try and wiggle our way out of it. This morning, I want to ask us to be open and basically say, Jesus, over the next few moments, examine my attitudes and my actions towards others. Jesus, examine my attitudes and my actions towards others. How many of you have had a cavity filling in the past? Be honest. This morning's sermon's kind of like having cavity filling on both sides of your mouth. And then you go home and you, you can't find any way to get cold liquid to go down well. Because at any spot it touches in the mouth, you get that ugh, odd feeling coming back at you. Yet you just can't find that comfortable way of taking down warm or cold foods. This morning as we listen to these words of Jesus, I think there's going to be a lot of that. Trying to find that comfortable position. Because what Jesus is saying is, is rather uncomfortable. Because the pathway that he's laying out for us is not a pathway that's common to the world. You see, the pathway that's common to the world can basically be summarized in, in two different things. The world says the following, give them what they deserve. When someone does something bad to you, the world says they deserve something bad in return. If you have an enemy, someone who's opposed to you, someone who stands against the things that you stand against and who's actively working against you, the world says, give them what they deserve. Shut them out of your life. Not just shut them out of your life, but try and shut them down. Give them what they deserve. That's the pathway of the world. But as we look here in Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bible, look with me. 
Let's see what Jesus has to say about this thought process of give them what they deserve. Let's first look here and the start the opening verses about retaliation, about revenge. He says here in verse 39, Do not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. This is in complete opposition to give them what they deserve. He's saying what? Give them an opportunity to do it again. Even when they didn't have the right to do it the first time. Don't give them what they deserve. Give them the opposite. Now let's look down here a little bit further in Matthew chapter 5. About when he's talking about enemies, verse 44. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now look down as he gives an example of how God operates. He says there in verse 45, For God makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In other words, he's saying, hey, look, look what God does. The evil deserve what? A drought. But what does God do? God brings rain for them. God does, God does not give what they deserve. So the pathway of the world says, give them what they deserve. Jesus says, it's not about what they deserve. But it's about who is your God. The pathway of Jesus says, it's not about what they deserve, but it's about who is your God. Because in our response to whatever happens to us, we're reflecting back to that person who is our God. And therefore, Jesus is concerned that when, if we retaliate, we're not reflecting the character of God. Because God does not retaliate. So the pathway of the world is give them what they deserve. The pathway of Jesus is, it isn't about what they deserve, but it's about who is your God. The pathway of the world basically has the following phrase, just stop the bad. The world would say, hey, if someone does something bad to you, a worldly counselor might say, hey, you know what? Just don't respond at all. Just remove yourself from the situation. No response at all. And a lot of people look at Jesus the exact same way. When they see Jesus, they see Jesus saying, hey, just stop the bad. Just, just stop. So, for example, when dealing with enemies, a lot of people would say this, hey, just don't do anything bad to your enemies. Jesus has a completely different pathway here. It's not stop the bad. The way of Jesus is a movement in a different direction. The way of Jesus is movement, but it's movement in a different direction. So Jesus isn't just throwing up a stop sign and saying, hey, don't do evil to your enemies. He's saying this, hey, start doing good to your enemies. There's a big difference between seeing Jesus as a stop sign and seeing Jesus as a green light for something completely different. And Jesus is laying out here a different pathway. Let's look at a couple of examples. Turn back to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Let's look here at verse 41. Kind of a weird, maybe, sentence that we don't totally understand. He says, And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. What's he talking about here? Well, the Jewish nation at this time was basically infiltrated. They were under the rule of the Roman Empire. 
So the Roman Empire was basically stationed all over the land. So you had Roman soldiers that were occupying the Jewish world. And what a Roman soldier would do is a Roman soldier would give his backpack, his stuff, to a Jew and say, hey, I need you to carry this a mile for me. And so Jesus is saying, hey, when that Roman soldier gives you the backpack to carry it for a mile, I want you to carry it for two miles. Normally, what would you think Jesus would say? You'd say, Jesus would say what? Well, just carry the backpack happily for a mile and then be done with it and walk away. No, 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 no. Jesus goes on the offensive. Jesus lays out a different pathway, a movement, and says, hey, take it another mile. Actually, bless that soldier. Jesus is in the business of laying out a different way of living, not just stopping a certain way of living. When you view Jesus as just stopping a certain way of living, Jesus is just a religion to you. But when you come to understand that Jesus has actually laid out a different way of living, it becomes personal. You begin to own your faith because it's no longer just about stopping certain things, but it's about entering into a new way of life. Jesus wants you to do something. Now let's look down here a little bit further. Verse 44 again. But I say to you, love your enemies. Okay, Jesus isn't just saying here, hey, avoid your enemies. Hey, don't do anything bad to your enemies. He's actually, again, laying out a positive, saying this, I want you to love them. And the love that's defined by the Bible in 1 John chapter 3 and 1 John chapter 4 is this. If you see someone in need, you meet that need of theirs. Love is an action. It's sacrificially working towards their good. Jesus wants us to actually do something for our enemies for their good. You see, the way of Jesus is a different way of acting. It's not just stopping certain behaviors. The way of Jesus, he wants us to reflect the character of God. The way of Jesus is to actually go in a positive direction and do something for those who are mistreating us are those who are our enemies. Very simply put, Jesus wants you to do something for the person who despises you. Jesus wants you to do something that blesses the person who despises you. And now one step further, Jesus wants you to do something for the good of your enemy. He wants us to be in the business of doing stuff. Man, when you hear this, it's kind of like, yeah, that's nice for Jesus, kind of. He doesn't really know what's going on. I mean, they didn't have cars back then. They didn't have the internet back then. Jesus really didn't know all the evil that existed in the world. Jesus kind of just had this fluffy vision of how good everyone was. I mean, Jesus didn't live in an era where there were terrorists running around. Jesus actually lived in an era that was probably worse than our current era. Let me give you just a little example of the time in which Jesus lived so we don't think that Jesus just has this fluffy vision that all is well. Jesus lived in an era where the Roman Empire, again, had control of certain areas. In this Roman Empire, what they would do is the emperor would try to sneak in a banner with his image into the temple area. 
And so what the emperor would do would bring some banners and hang them in the temple area and say, they have to remain here for seven days. But for the faithful Jew, that went right against what? The first three commandments. It went right against Deuteronomy 6. Hear this, there is one God. But now the Roman emperor is saying what? You will also bow down to me. So the Roman Empire would put these banners in the temple courts and he would say to everyone, bow down. Well, at one point, the Jews protested. They said, we're not going to bow down. For seven days, they stayed there and they would not bow at the banners. And the Roman emperor said, okay, we'll remove the banners and you guys can go home. That time it worked. The next time they came back, the Roman Empire gave out the exact same order. Put the banners back in the temple courts. The Jewish people came and gathered again and said, we're not going to bow down. This time, the Roman emperor gave the order. Everyone there, everyone present, male, woman, and child, dead. And the Roman government killed them all. Jesus was extremely familiar with violence. Jesus was extremely familiar with evil. He knew it well. Think about how he died. Jesus didn't have a fluffy vision of the world at all. He knew the reality of the world very well. Yet in the midst of that, he says, my way is completely different. And you say, well, that's just Jesus. Jesus is trying to kind of lay out this high standard for us to make us feel bad, so we ask for forgiveness, so we recognize that we're imperfect. Well, Jesus probably should have then informed the people that wrote the rest of the Bible about that plan. Because in Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul enters into the same thought pattern. And he says to the readers in Romans chapter 12, he says, hey, do good to those who do evil to you. Do not seek revenge, but instead do good to them. And you say, well, the Apostle Paul, I mean, he's a pastor. He's an apostle. Those guys don't get out at all. I mean, they're just sitting in their nice little office reading the Bible. Paul doesn't understand. I mean, the worst he's got is the ladies coming and complaining about cold coffee on Sunday mornings. He he doesn't really understand what's going on here. Well, consider the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament while writing the majority of those writings, where was he? In chains, in jail. Consider the Apostle Paul, what he himself had done. He himself was a terrorist. Let me say that again, because we gloss over this in the church. The Apostle Paul was a terrorist. He killed people. He gave orders for people to be killed. The Apostle Paul was very familiar with evil. He participated in evil. And he would ultimately be punished by evil. And the Apostle Paul says the exact same thing as Jesus. Do good to those who do evil to you. Jesus is not laying out some fluffy religious ideal. Jesus is laying out a pathway that he desires his followers to live on. And Jesus is very well aware of the consequences. 
the Apostle Paul is very well aware of the consequences. And you say, well, pastor, slow down, slow down. I mean, there's crazy people in the world that are coming and they're going to do crazy stuff to us. let's, Let's distinguish here. Jesus is talking to his disciples, his followers, individual Christians. Jesus is not talking to a government. And we have to keep these two distinguished to truly understand how God has created things. So God is not saying to a government, hey, don't punish evildoers anymore. Hey, don't have any laws anymore. And if somebody invades you and starts killing all the women and children, hey, just let them kill more. No, 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 no. We see clearly from the scriptures that God instituted government for what? To try and keep peace for the good of all of society. And so God gave government the power of the sword. So we've got to distinguish. There is a difference between the authority of government and the authority of the individual Christian. So for the individual Christian, though, that's what we're dealing with here this morning. Jesus is saying this. Your attitude and your actions toward others should be blessing and love. Your attitude and your action toward others should be blessing and love. Are there really tough things to have to wrestle with? Absolutely. There's big issues going on in our world. Things that are going to change the dynamics of our country, change the dynamics around the whole globe. But yet, let's not get so focused on the big that we lose the relationships and the people right in front of us. How we normally handle Jesus is we say, well, I don't know how he's going to deal with this big stuff. Sin, we don't have to what? Practically apply Jesus to what's right in front of us. And what's right in front of us is a co-worker who maybe checks out of work a little bit early, but still counts it as a full day work. And now you're tempted to do the exact same thing. What's right in front of us is a cousin or an in-law that treats us poorly by maybe not making a phone call to us around the holidays or sending us a Christmas card. And so what are we tempted to do? (laughs) They were hosting Thanksgiving, didn't invite us. We're not going to invite them to New Year's Day. They didn't send us a Christmas card. We're not going to send them a Christmas card. If we take Jesus seriously, what would Jesus have us do? He'd have us pick up the phone and extend a phone call and just say, hey, how are you? Jesus would have us put the stamp on the letter and send the card, even if there's no card coming in return. The heart of Jesus is that our attitude and our actions would be blessing and loving towards everyone, even those who are opposed to us and even those who have done harm to us. About 11 years ago, I was reading a book, and at the beginning of this book was a very simple sentence. And it was just extremely simple. I can't believe the guy got a whole book written just basically based off this sentence. It doesn't feel like it's very smart at all, but it's stuck with me ever since. Does Jesus really mean what he says? Does Jesus really mean what he says? Basically, the rest of the book was flushing out. If we took Jesus seriously, this is what would happen. This morning, I want to ask you the question. Does Jesus really mean what he says? 
Or was Jesus kind of like, you know what, I, I just want people to know my forgiveness, but then I don't really care what they do Monday through Saturday at all. I mean, this stuff is, I just had to fill up a book to give them something to talk about on Sunday mornings. I, I mean, I didn't really mean this. Or did Jesus actually give teaching because he wanted his followers to reflect the character of himself and his Father to the world? Are we going to take Jesus serious? And if we take Jesus serious, our attitude and our actions toward others are going to be transformed. This morning, if we're going to take Jesus seriously, I want us to consider listening to a translation of what we've just studied in Matthew chapter 5. Listen to this translation of Matthew chapter 5. It puts it right in our everyday language. And if you're going to take Jesus seriously, this author just kind of lays it out. This is what Jesus wants. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to be, get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For when you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves, this is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish, to everyone, regardless of the good and bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. I thought that was a good summary of Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5 to put it right in our words today. If we are to take Jesus seriously, that's what he'd want us to do. Live generously towards those who don't even live generously toward us. Life would be absolutely great if every one of my friends and my family members, if every one of my acquaintances basically started liking and only going to the restaurants that I approved of. It would solve a lot of problems if everyone would just let me pick where we eat each time. But I know that's not going to happen. I know that I'm going to get stuck in situations where I'm going to have to order something weird and have to eat it. But that's not the worst of my problems, and that's not the worst of your problems. I know, and you know, that there are going to be moments when our friends, our family members, our enemies, and people we don't even know are going to treat us unfairly. They're going to work in opposition to us. The very simple question is, will I love them?
will I love them? Let us pray. Everlasting God. Lord, there's people out there that are really hard to get along with. Lord, there's people that each of us, myself included, have done bad to, and there's people that have done bad stuff to us. God, this morning I pray now that you take these words that we've reflected upon and that you'd burn the desire of Jesus in our hearts, that by the power of your Holy Spirit you would take and, and shape and form and mold our attitudes towards others. God, as we wrestle with these tough issues of how to interact with our enemies, how to speak about our enemies, God, I pray that you keep us mindful of the heart of Jesus in all of this. So we offer ourselves to you, and God, we pray that you'd create in us hearts of generosity. Pray that you'd create in us a desire to bless and a desire to love. In Jesus' name, amen.